Hey, good morning. Welcome to this version of Transformed. Uh, today, I want to talk to you for just a moment about what I'm calling an Absalom spirit that steals the heart of the people. Welcome to today's message with Pastor Jim Balzano. And as always, I want to thank Park Home for our studio furniture, and I want to thank Taylor Design and Events for the design of our studio. The Bible tells us a story in um, 2 Samuel chapter 15 about the third-born son of David by the name of Absalom. Now, let me read to you what the scripture says. It says, in the course of time, Absalom provided himself with a chariot and horses and 50 men to run ahead of him. He would get up early and stand by the side of the road leading to the city gate. When anyone came with a complaint to be placed before the king for a decision, Absalom would call out to him, what town are you from? And he would answer, your servant is from one of the tribes of Israel. Then Absalom would say to him, look, your claims are valid and proper, but there's no representative of the king to hear you. And Absalom would add, if only I were appointed judge in the land. Then everyone who has a complaint or a case could come to me and I would see that they received justice. And whenever anyone approached him to bow down before him, Absalom would reach out, take his hand and take hold of him and then kiss him. And Absalom behaved in this manner towards all the Israelites who came to the king looking for justice. Now listen to this part of it. And he stole the hearts of the people of Israel. Absalom was a man looking for one thing. He wanted power. He was a man who wanted what was not appointed to him. The throne of his father was appointed to him by God. Absalom was on a mission to usurp the God-given authority that was given to him by God. In order to gain the power, he would have to do something. He would have to steal the hearts of the people. It got me thinking about this last week, and the Lord prompted me with this scripture, and I was looking at our uh, national climate, if you will. Let me say this to you. Between now and November 3rd, there is going to be an onslaught of those in pursuit of power who will try to steal the hearts of the people. To do this, these people will do the very same things Absalom did in his pursuit of power, because make no mistake about it, what's at stake November 3rd is who's going to be in power. And so let me give you a few things that I believe Absalom did that I think are prevalent in the land today. First of all, Absalom preyed upon troubled people. People who feel marginalized, people who feel disenfranchised, people who feel forgotten and overlooked. These are people who are then pandered to by those who are seeking power. They seek out disgruntled people to garner their support. Now, granted, there are some things that are out there are, that are legitimately needs. There are some things out there that people are legitimately uh, upset about and disgruntled with. And then there are also those things that they're not. But whether they are valid or whether they're invalid doesn't change the fact that the motive isn't about the people. It's about how can I prey upon troubled people in order to get power? The second thing this Absalom did was he began to patronize troubled people. To patron means to father, to support, to aid. Patron, and it's not a negative word, until it is used in a deceptive and manipulative manner. The act of patronizing from self-centered motives is actually false fathering. To be a true patron, 
you're acting as a true father. When you are patronizing for self-centeredness, you are actually operating in what I would call false fathering. It appears to support, care, and give aid to a people. But in fact, it's done in order to gain favor with people and then to win power over people. The third thing Absalom did was promise satisfaction to troubled people. If I were judge, then everything you want would be satisfied. We're living in a time, and I'm not necessarily going to tell you which side of the aisle I support or which side of the aisle I think does this more than the other, because the fact of the matter is, politics is a place where Absalom thrives. You see, because that spirit seeks one thing. It seeks power. And the way to that power is through the hearts of men. Absalom stole the hearts through preying upon troubled people, falsely supporting them, and promising satisfaction, but only if he could steal power from the king and then hold power over the people. You see, because once you steal the hearts, then the hearts support the imposter. And a pilfered heart then puts imposter leaders in positions of leadership. Pilfered hearts actually empower imposter leaders. The fact of the matter is, he who gets the hearts gets the votes, and then they govern the land. I'm not much of one who speaks on politics a lot. I'm not called to that. I'm called to speak the gospel. But as Americans, I believe it's incumbent upon us to see through the smoke and see it for what it is. There's an assault upon the American people for the hearts of the people to get the votes, to get the power that it so desperately desires. Beware Absalom, who is trying to steal the hearts of the people. And yet, let me spend a moment talking about this same principle in our spiritual lives. You see, the Absalom spirit, which I don't even like to put that tag on it, but it just works for the illustration purpose. It's really just Satan. It's really just a satanic spirit attempting to gain power over our lives. Satan has always been on a quest to steal the hearts of men and women through preying upon people in times of trouble. It's amazing how many times temptation comes to us through trial. Temptation comes to us in moments of trouble. He's on a quest to steal the hearts. In that period of trouble, he actually comes and he provides false fatherhood by making promises of satisfaction if you only allow him to roll over you. This was the battle in the garden. It wasn't a battle over fruit. It was a battle over power. Who was going to have the power? Was God going to have power over Adam and Eve or was he going to have power? He comes to Adam and Eve and he comes to him in a moment of temptation. And in that temptation, he begins to speak to their very hearts and he begins to speak to their desires. He begins to prey upon their troubledness, if you will, as they looked upon that fruit. And then he tempted them and then he stole their heart and they ate. And then power was handed over to him. You see, Satan, the self-assumed position appointed himself a platform. Satan preys upon troubled people in troubled times. He patronizes troubled people with false fatherhood and makes promises of satisfaction if you will succumb to his role or to his dominion. And the goal is power. Here's the good news, though. 
the good news is that you and I, we live under the rule of another one. But it's not one who stole our heart. It's not one who came and took our heart by force or by power or lorded over us. No, it's one who came in a spirit of humility, Jesus. That Jesus actually didn't need a platform. He actually left his platform in heaven and came to earth, took the form of a man to serve you and I. He came to serve troubled humanity, not prey upon troubled humanity. Jesus was the essence of what true patronizing means, true fathering. He was a demonstration of the Father in heaven. He said, if you see me, you've seen the Father. If you hear me, you heard the Father. He was a statesman of heaven. Jesus promised satisfaction to the weary. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let me say something to you. When those who have a thirst for power get control, ultimately their yoke is not easy and their burden is not light. As a matter of fact, the moment you would try to get out from under it, they would threat, manipulate, and coerce. The wonderful thing about Jesus is when he wins our heart, he doesn't have to threaten us or he doesn't have to manipulate us or coerce us to keep our hearts. He won our hearts through radical, scandalous, unconditional love. He won our hearts through sacrifice, through humility. He won our hearts through serving his father's interest and our interest. He won our hearts and now he governs our heart. He changes our hearts. He heals our hearts. You see, because he who wins the heart wins the right to govern. In our nation, there's a battle for the hearts of men and women because the war is about power. You see, the battle is for our hearts so they can get the votes. But the war is really about power and who's going to get it. In our spiritual lives, there's a battle for the hearts of men and women because the war is still about power. There's the kingdom of darkness and there's the kingdom of light. And that war has existed since heaven. And you and I are in this cosmic war between good and evil. And the attempt is for evil to steal our hearts when the fact of the matter is it's Jesus who won our hearts. And so I want to say to you today, that as Americans, we must be aware of what the Absalom spirit is doing, trying to steal the hearts of men and women to get votes so they can hold power over you. And yet in a spiritual sense, there's the enemy of our soul who's trying to steal your heart so that he can win power over you. But we got Jesus who won our hearts. He won our hearts. He didn't steal them. And I want to say this to you today. That when you give him your heart willingly, when he wins it through humility and sacrifice and love, he is the one that then will guard it, change it, heal it, comfort you when you mourn. He is, he is the one who has won your heart. He's the one that will be the caretaker of your heart. Allow him to win it. Have a great day. <laughs>